This is a Working With Warriors podcast by the team at the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working With Warriors podcast. Uh, my name's Tom Hayes and today I'm joined around the table at the RMHI office by Owen Caddo. How are you going this morning, Owen? Yeah, good day, Tom. Going well, mate. Now, these Working With Warriors podcasts are based around conversations all around men's health and well-being from our education sessions. And look, today we're going to have a bit of a focus on progression and succession planning in farming. And we're also going to discuss key issues around what is progression planning, um, some, some issues around communication, and sort of finishing off on what actually is the farming business and the components of that. Um, but look, just to, to start off, Owen... Um, could you give us a bit of a description about what succession and progression planning is and why we have that focus on progression? Yeah, look, it's multifaceted, Tom, in terms of we, we have come up with this word progression planning because it kind of focuses on, on the importance of retaining family relationships in the farm succession process by looking at the people issues before dealing with the financial and business aspects. And traditionally, a lot of succession planning has centred on on the business structures and the and the financials before we really look at the people bit and we think it's it's moving towards more a relationship based focus and 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 the, and the, that's why we've shifted the word as well from from succession to progression because mm. through our work um, in the rural communities you know we've we become increasingly aware and have been involved at the pointy end of of that distress that's described by farming families trying to manage succession planning and it really is a pointy end and causes a lot of distress in mm. in relationships and ultimately breakdowns and there's plenty of examples of that, but there's plenty of examples on the flip side of, of real positive outcomes. Yeah, and we've seen both both sides of the coin in, our, in the work we do. Yep. Then this really is an issue that hits hits home for me growing up on a family farm in Badgingara, seeing sort of the, the pointy end of it. And in, in previous podcasts, we've talked about a bit about, you know, situational distress. And I think progression planning really is one of those key situational distresses faced by a lot of our farming communities. It is, Tom. Look, if we we look at the weather and we look at the terms of trade of farming and progression, succession is right up there as an issue. And um, and I guess just harbouring on that progression point for a minute, because because when we use the word um, succession, we think that for a lot of people it seems to mean you know the king is dead and who's the next king, rather than if we use progression we think we need to focus our thoughts on how we shift the farming business into the next era or generation. And and that can mean many things, other things. It might mean selling the farm. It could mean downsizing. It could mean leasing. But it doesn't necessarily mean the king is dead and, and I'm taking over. And we just reckon that word progression so encapsulates those options more than succession. And, and of utmost importance is that progression and or succession planning but we have to consider the relationships before the business issues because as true as I sit here and I'll repeat it a number of times over the couple of episodes that we're going to talk about farm um, progression and succession if the relationships aren't intact between the generations it ain't going to work and there's lots of evidence around about that and it'll be a really tough tough journey so where the relationships have been in place it 
it works a breeze. Yeah. Well, maybe we should explore a bit more on that point and then around the relationships because um, we obviously want to have a focus there first on relationships and I guess on the expectations of both parties. So that, that could include the older generation and the younger generation. So that, and that's where a bit of conflict can arise, can't it? It can. Tom, it can. And I guess the relationship bit is, is really important. And if we just talk about a bit of research out of University of New England based on around succession planning, and, and this comes from the ladies' side. So this is what the, the ladies have reported, that maintaining relationships between existing and new family was their highest pr- priority. Older women played a crucial role in maintaining that family harmony. Older women were the most concerned about treating all children fairly, and that's a really key word, fairly there. I don't use equal, but I use fairly. That's out of the research. Younger women were more concerned about giving children the best education possible, and and that's really problematic sometimes, and also supporting children to live lives of their choices, being emotionally and financially independent and secure, lowering the stress in families that farm together. So that's kind of the relationship stuff from the ladies and then I guess we go to what did the men have to say and quite often the men didn't have much to say about what I've just talked about though they talked about the numbers Mm. and you know we'll bloody hit it on the head and make it work from there so then if we we swing that into intergenerational concepts about the relationships you know there's different expectations and we talk about that all the time and and there's a Sometimes there's a real wide gap, and as we know, Tom, we've got to talk. We've got to talk about it, and in every decision in life, there's compromise. That's right, of course. So, so those relationship angles are really important, and and we're going to talk about the intergenerational stuff as we go through these podcasts. But the expectation of the older generation, this is out of this research once again, that their children will want a farm. Now we know from the research that it's only a ten percent chance, so only one out of ten children will want a farm. They have their own parents' farm passions. Sometimes that's really hard to replicate. They serve their time for limited financial return. Things have changed. The wheel has changed since my dad's generation and since I was on the farm. And committing to a long-term career at an early age. And we know that's very difficult from in the work we do, Tom, with, with our brain development and a whole lot of other stuff associated with the difference between girls and boys. And and it's really hard to know at 20 years of age that <laughs> I'm going to be a farmer all my life or I'm going to be an accountant all my life or I'm going to be a rocket scientist because in true sense, most of us don't know. Mm. And then I think there's a bit of an assumption um, as for people in the younger generation or the expectation that their parents will simply just respect what their, their career choices are. Um, and, exp- and probably importantly as well, wh- where a lot of conflict can arise is that they will simply respect um, their choice of a partner on. And there, there, is, there should be an expectation to be, to be paid what they're worth, but there can be a bit of a um, difference of opinion on what that might be. Yep. Um, and also there should be an expectation from the younger generation um, that their parents will allow them the freedom to choose their own career. I think that's probably changed a bit over time. Um, I know my, my father asked me these important questions when I was younger and we did cover over it and he was pretty open-ended about how we have that discussion. Yeah, look, I think it has changed. And I, but just what you've explained, that expectations, that intergenerational expectations is our first kind of 
area of conflict and and where we have to have this compromise and this change in mindset. And I have seen that change in mindset from the younger generation. Mm. Um, it's not knocking the older generation, but we've 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 actually. I've actually seen that, and we um, and it, we talk about those unmet expectation. How stuff can manifest if it's not talked about. Mm. And a key point to to make Owen as well is that progression or succession planning is not simply a, a business transaction, is it? So it really is primarily about the relationships and the relationships first. And that's probably something that will reinforce throughout all these podcasts that we're going to do on this progression planning. Look, and it is, Tom, and we just say one of the greatest risks to farming families' viability in the long term is about that relationships. And and quite often we don't see it coming. So so mm. to, we have to be upfront about it and, and put it first. Yeah. And for something that is such a such a high risk to the sustainability of a farm. It's something that gets put off um, and put to the back burner behind a lot of other issues on the, on the prop farm and the business. It, absolutely, Tom. It's an easy thing to put off when we have our annual reviews and whether it's the accountant or the advisor or family friend or whatever saying, you know, deal mm. with it next year. We actually need to document it and at least have a conversation, which we'll talk about in a minute, but it, but it is too easy to put off. Mm. And the, the best time to start the conversation really is just now. It's yep. just begin it as soon as possible. A- absolutely. And, and in talking about that conversation, um, would, would you be able to cover around family communication um, and, and ways to improve and facilitate that? Yeah, look, it's really complex and how long is a bit of string, Tom? But, sure. But we've picked on kind of three areas which I talk about when I'm talking to farming families and, and people in general. But the first is about improving family communication and and. Well, some real basic guidelines and the, the biggest do's I always talk about are, are respecting other people's values and opinions. We don't have to agree with them, but we can respectfully disagree. And that comes it flows straight into be willing to compromise. There's not one decision that I make in my family or my workplace without it being compromised. So life is about compromise and we have to be flexible and have the ability to compromise. Um, we have to try and understand the feelings of others and sometimes in the heat of battle that can be really problematic whether I'm talking with a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law or a mother-in-law um, and or father-in-law it can be very, very problematic and we should always choose a calm time for discussion. So we need to be able to have the ability to walk away and that's why having a planned session, which I'll talk about in a minute, is really important. Um, we have to accept that decision-making is complex and, and a lifelong challenge. And so it requires cooperation, that discipline and timeliness because it takes time. People think it can be made, let's sit down and sort out our, our farm succession or progression plan today or next week. Well, it just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, we need to learn from each other. So we need to be cooperative and then we need to accept our own responsibility. And that's very important for the intergenerational stuff so because each generation has got different responsibilities and they've got to they've got to take that aboard and just then you sort of mentioned about um planning a session and and discussing and, and facilitating communication do you when you're talking about that are you talking about formal um meetings or or more of an informal nature or where are you sort of going with that Owen? yeah look, i reckon it's a bit confusing tom between when we talk about that, so I talk about formal versus informal, and the, and the formal meeting to me is is where we record some notes to the meeting and/or recorded minutes. People tend to think a formal meeting is a is having an ad, 
an official agenda and talking in out and recording correspondence and that might be okay for a corporate farm or in a in an organization but in a family operation if I know when we were farming, we'd have four kind of meetings a year based around the GST times, and we would just have notes to the meetings, which ended up being action items. So there might be two action items out of a meeting. So really important. An agenda is a good idea. So we're meeting today to discuss the the GST or the baths and and the cropping program going forward, and we're having a comment on, on our farm succession plan. Um, who... I reckon the formal part of our meetings we should have everyone, so that is that is daughter-in-laws, son-in-laws, mums, dads, brothers, sisters, whoever's involved in that business has to be at that table. Mm. I reckon that is really, really simple philosophy. We exclude people at our own peril. How often that's up to the individuals, you know, it should be annually, especially in the space of farm succession progression, but it needs to be um more regular than that and for the formal meetings are for the major decisions and the long term and and should include all stakeholders and we'll talk about who they are later but but that means everyone everyone associated in the family and the family business should be involved with that formal meeting then on the flip side we have the informal stuff and the informal stuff to me is is the operational stuff and i know with um Myself and Dad, when we're farming, have a whiteboard at the shed, and we'd we'd tick off stuff and have have action items, and and we don't need everyone present for that. So our partners quite often weren't there. So it might be a quick check over breakfast, might be in paddock um, running down the day's activities. Um, it might be for the discussion of major issues, but it's more the tactical, the weekly schedules, and the partner discussion type of stuff. So we still need that to happen, and. Guess what, Tom? You need a really good relationship for that to happen mm-hmm. because there's too many scenarios where dads and sons stop talking. They've been best of mates and and they just stop talking because there's some conflict over an irrelevant issue um, to do with one of those tactical issues. So, so pretty important that we we stay engaged. And, and when having these these meetings and discussions, Owen. Um what are the main components that you think you believe need to be discussed or addressed? Because obviously, you know, especially these days, farm farming businesses and operations are quite complex. Um, so, what what are the aspects of the farm business would you say people should should sort of focus on and, and have discussions about? Yeah, I, I reckon this is a bit of the the guts of what we talk about in in farm progression, Tom, and and at what is the farm business? And the old throwaway line, which we've all heard, is one day this will all be yours, son. You know, like shit. What will be mine? What what's going to be mine? So I reckon we simplify it, and it's not rocket science. But we look at what is the farm business. So we go: there is the business of farming, the capital base, the land, and then the people. Really simple. But if we look at the business of farming, that's the separation of land ownership from the business of farming and the business of farming is the physical aspects of farming creating the cash flow making the business profitable growing the crops running the livestock whatever the farming business is doing that's what that's about that allows you to have management of the business and it's kind of operational control versus ownership control of the land and I always um, when I'm doing the talks around around reasonable West Australia just saying that my dad when I went farming I was a bit later going farming, 27 years of age, but my dad was before his time because when he when he said, you're coming home to the farm to give it a go, and I said, yeah, okay, we'll come home, and he said, I'll give you the 10% of 
into the business of farming. And I thought, geez, well, that's bloody good. I'm coming home and I'm getting 10% out of the 100%, and that'll give me a say and help do the books. And But little did I realise at the time that that 10% was a negative because <laughs> we owed a bit of money at that time. But the principle of what Dad did was was before before his time and it was it was an important part of the concept because as you stayed in the business and I farmed with dad for 20 odd years we we grew our share in the partnership ending up being a 50 percent share in the business of farming so then we go over to the capital base the land and if we treat that separately that helps resolve land ownership issues um, it separates land ownership from the business of farming and what that does in progression is it allows different opportunities and it allows an equitable distribution of assets. So that could be inheritance to the next generation. And if you speak to an accountant, the traditional role of a trust was based on land ownership. It still gives us a heap of opportunities to to divest land going forward into a suitable structure for that next generation. And it's separate from the business of farming. And if you think about the experts involved in agribusiness out there, they give us a return on capital based on our farm and it's usually made up of two components. A, a return on the land, which is appreciation, which has done gangbusters in the last few years, and then a return on the business of farming. Join the two together and then you get return on capital. So the business of farming was the most important part of being a successful farmer. The land ownership and if you want to be a landowner or a, you can own land in farming you can own land in retail you can you know shops and and just the good old-fashioned real estate so you can do whatever but we we have to separate those two things and then the most important bit is the people at the end of the day and the people in the business of farming are the most important so that's the parents and others that are actually doing it at the minute that might include intergenerational you know and quite often there's three generations because the dad who still owns a block of land is still might be 90 but he's still involved so we've we've got to recognize all those people then we've got to recognize the people with an interest and passion in farming the children so that's that younger generation that say they want to go farming and then thirdly we've still got to acknowledge the people with no interest in passion to go farming so that might be other children in the family it might be other brothers it might be my brother or my dad's brother so we have to consider the relationships and and I say going back to the meeting thing it's it's implicit on all families to have that one family meeting of all those stakeholders which we'll talk a bit about later on up front but coming back to recognizing who those people are is the most important process in establishing, and you know who's who in the zoo and 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 the relationships that I've got to maintain. Yeah. Okay. So, so just to summarise that, so when discussing a farm business, you sort of broke it up into three different categories, right? So yep. there's it was the the business of farming, the capital base, or that's the land, um, and then to finish off on very importantly is the people themselves. Yes. And I think that's probably a pretty good pretty good place to to leave this episode, but um with the people, but that's. We're going to continue um, this theme of progression farming into the next episode, Owen. Yes, Tom. Yeah, we'll we'll talk further about about the stakeholders um, and who they are, and then the intergenerational questions that that stakeholders have to answer. So the older generation and the younger generation, and I reckon that's the other the other central point to a successful you know uh, progression plan.
it's been great to uh, get back around the microphones for another another episode of the Working with Warriors podcast. Owen, it's been a little while since we've released an episode, but um, now look look forward to um, to coming back and finishing off this this theme of progression planning. Yep, no worries. Good on you, Tom. Cheers, Owen. Thanks for listening to our Working with Warriors podcast series. 